Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Monday, September 26th, and this is People Every Day. Well, hello there, everyone. I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. Hope you all enjoyed your weekend. We've got a busy show for you today, including the latest Don't Worry Darling drama. Yes, there's more. And we're sitting down with one of the contestants on this season of Dancing with the Stars, Jesse James Decker. So let's start things off with what's making headlines on this Monday. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made their home field debut this weekend. And while the stadium was packed with fans, including Brady's three children, his mother and his sisters and their children, spectators were quick to point out one notable absence, Giselle Bündchen. That's right. Brady's wife and personal cheerleader, world-famous supermodel Giselle Bündchen, was not in attendance, leading to further speculation that things remain tense within the Brady Bündchen household. As we've talked about several times on this show, Giselle was not pleased with her husband's decision to unretire from football earlier this year and suit up for another umpteenth season. Earlier this month, a source told people that Brady and wife Giselle Bündchen have been living apart for, quote, more than a month. Another source shared that during the season, they live separate lives. But a third source says the football legend makes sure to find time for his family. Quote, no other husband gets six months off a year to be totally devoted to just their family. And during During the season, yes, he travels for games and trains, but he's with his family a lot, too. The Bucks were bit by the injury bug this weekend and were without several key players, which more than likely contributed to yesterday's loss to the Green Bay Packers. It certainly seems like Tom Brady will have his hands full on and off the field in the coming weeks. Moving the chains down the field to another football-related story, Rihanna is getting back to work. It has been six long, arduous years for us fans since Riri released a new album, and the mogul has taken time off from most things since having her first child earlier this year. But yesterday, we learned that Rihanna will be headlining this February's Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. An executive from the NFL released a statement saying, quote, Rihanna is a once-in-a-generation artist who has been a cultural force throughout her career. We look forward to collaborating with Rihanna, Rock Nation, and Apple Music to bring fans and another historic halftime show performance. And they're right. She is a prolific and generational talent. The Fenty mogul has had 14 songs reach the number one spot on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. I'm already wondering which songs she'll perform. There are literally too many to choose from. Her first number one hit from 2006 was S.O.S. There's The Monster, We Found Love, Umbrella. I mean, I could go on all day. (laughs) Not to mention she's collaborated with dozens of artists like Drake, Eminem, Paul McCartney, and who doesn't love hearing her feature on T.I.'s Live Your Life? Life. 
Now, many may recall Rihanna famously turned down the opportunity to headline the 2019 Super Bowl halftime show, citing her support of Colin Kaepernick and how she took issue with the NFL's repeated silencing of protests against police brutality. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jay-Z, friend and owner of her label, Rock Nation, helped change her mind. Since he partnered with the NFL a few years back, the halftime performances have been diverse and action-packed. Last year, artists like Snoop, uh, Dre, Mary J. Blige all made appearances. People are still talking about J-Lo and Shakira's twin billing before that. I can't wait to see what Mama Rihanna comes up with. But no, no matter what, I know she'll shine bright like a diamond. And now, Kelly Ripa gets candid about everything from marriage and sex to Botox and Regis. Kelly Ripa has always been an open book. She's never shied away from talking about well, anything from her sex life with her husband of 26 years, Mark Consuelos, to Botox, to what it was like working with the late Regis Philbin. You would think we've heard it all, but wait, there's more. The talk show host has more to tell in her new book, Live Wire, Long-Winded Short Stories, and she's sitting down with people to discuss it all. I love Kelly Ripa and have since my days of watching All My Children, and I'm so excited to hear what she has to say. So joining me now to talk about this week's cover story is the woman who interviewed Kelly, People's Liz McNeil. Hey, Liz, welcome back to the show. Hey, Janine. Well, one of the big things Kelly talked about with you was her early days working at Live. Kelly says she learned so much from working with Regis Philbin and still considers him, quote, the world's best storyteller. So what else did she say about her time working together? Because it started off a little rocky. Yeah, you know, I think they had a much more complicated relationship than viewers and fans ever realized. She had the spark and sort of offset his curmudgeonly tone, but there was a lot more going on. She calls it sort of like getting shot out of a cannon. She breaks it all down in her book, and she feels like a lot of it stemmed from the fact that she probably wasn't Regis's choice as a co-host. And a lot of the sort of difficulties stemmed from that. And they had a complicated dynamic. And, you know, behind the scenes, she was like trying to find her way and she talks a lot about it wasn't just Regis. It was also the show. It took her a while to sort of earn her place there. And, and I love the part where she talks about off camera as well. Uh, one of my favorite things, one of the fans' favorite things she's talked about recently is Botox, her relationship with Botox. So what did she say about putting all that out there? Okay, so first of all, it started with what she calls pit talks, which is when you put Botox in your armpits to help with excessive sweating because it turns out she has a lot of anxiety speaking in front of people, which of course is kind of like, what? <laughs> like she's so good at her job. So like, there's a lot of layers there. So she's going for her pit talks. At one point she's kind of realizes, I think I'm the only person in my field who's not getting Botox. She's really open about it. You know, she makes jokes about it. And she even thanks her doctors by name in the book. I actually thanks one for restoration from the neck up. She talks about it, injectables and Botox and uh, all the stuff she does to keep herself looking so great. And interestingly enough, she always goes back to Regis that that's sort of how she learned how to tell an imperfect story. And Regis was really great at that. And, And so is she, right? Sort of showing her humanity, showing her foibles. Showing all of it, Liz, or or telling all of it, she goes into detail about keeping love alive with husband Mark Consuelos. She's candid about their sex life. Let's, Let's just listen to a little bit of what she told us. It's the one part of our life 
that has always been good. Even when we're arguing, it's good. Even when we have a disagreement, it's good. It's the one thing that has always been good. And I think, and I said this before, I think it's because we found each other when we were both really young. And so we really got to know each other. And when you spend such a long time together, there is no inhibition whatsoever. They are in love, love, and don't care who knows it. So what else did she have to say about Mark? I think the way she described it was they don't have any inhibitions and that she said even when they're fighting, it's good and uh, their sex life is good and that she kind of attributes it back to meeting each other when they were so young. Yeah, they got married at 25. Yeah, so like half their life. All I can say is uh, learn from Kelly. <laughs> I know. And that they've gone through so many phases as well. They're empty nesters now. They have the three adult children. I think their kids are 21, uh, 26, and 19. They're out of the house now. So what yep. is life like for the couple now that like something that defined their relationship for so many years has like gone on to like do their own thing? She writes about how weird like dinner time is. Like either she's like cooking way too much. Or like they're not eating and at 10 p.m. they're like, oh, should we go get something? <laughs> she tells a really funny story in the book where the night Lola moves out, the daughter who's in the middle, she says, you know, you're not going to see me till Thanksgiving. Like, that's it. <laughs> no Bye. And then that night they go to their house out on Long Island and their motion detector goes off on the roof. And Kelly's, first of all, is like, what's, I didn't even know we had a motion detector, like, but they're an animal. <laughs> then because they have a camera, they see that Lola's throwing what they call a rager on the roof, has invited her friends over from the dorm on her very first night. And my favorite part is because they can see her, Kelly's like frantically calling Lola and they see her look at the phone, know that her mom is calling her and she doesn't pick up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my so, gosh. Anyway, it was, uh, so there's a lot of humor and a lot of laughs and a lot of bittersweet moments. We're really honest, very honest. I just love this lady. How is she today, personally, just Kelly? Like, I know of all the interviewers, you were able to glean just the, the deepest out of this woman. <laughs> She's such a good storyteller. That's the thing. So, you know, as an interviewer, like she answers in anecdotes, which, of course, we love. love. So she tells great <laughs> stories. I'm guessing that these were a lot of things that she wanted to share and sort of felt like this was her time. She hadn't talked about the complicated relationship with Regis since his death. I'm sure on some level, right, that was important for her to share. Yeah. So I think she really has a, a really great talent for being honest and open. And she says one thing she learned from Regis was to always make her herself the butt of the joke at the end of the story. So I think she really has a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Got to think that's a lot of what keeps her and Mark going, too. And she just has a really great way of looking at things and uh, going forward. Guys, you can read more from Liz's interview with Kelly Ripa on People.com and be sure to pick up a copy of this issue on newsstands everywhere on Friday. Liz, such a great interview and interviewer. It's always so great to have you on the show. Great to see you. 
Dancing with the Stars is back, and this week is Elvis week. To get you all shook up and into the mood, we're sitting down with one of this season's performers, singer and reality star Jesse James Decker. Coming up, she takes us behind the scenes of the show and her intense rehearsal schedule. But first, Don't Worry Darling made big noise at the box office and on social media this weekend. Several members of the cast and crew shared some insight on what it was like working on one of the most talked about films in Hollywood. We bring you the latest drama right when we come back. Stay with us. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. We're back. Uh, Faithful listeners to the show know that the Oscar-hopeful film Don't Worry Darling has been one of the most drama-laden productions in some time. There's Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles coupling up shortly after her split from Jason Sudeikis. Uh, There's the Harry Styles versus Chris Pine spitgate debacle. Uh, The Shia LaBeouf firing, which I say that in quotes because he claimed he left due to lack of rehearsal time. And we saw that video of Olivia Wilde calling him and asking him to stay on on the film. Oh, and and that was the same video where Wilde referred to the film's leading lady, Florence Pugh, as Miss Flo, which seemed to be another log on the fire of their off-camera feud. For one, Pugh has taken issue with how the sex scenes were characterized by Olivia Wilde. Well, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity, and this weekend, Don't Worry Darling opened up to nearly a $19.2 million domestic box office and pulled in another $10 million plus internationally. So the film itself doesn't appear to be a financial flop. And despite the film's Rotten Tomatoes score of 38%, moviegoers reacted positively, with the site's audience score currently at 80%. Okay, so now another one of the film's stars, Kiki Lane, is speaking out about some of her scenes, which were cut in the film. She shared a post on Instagram over the weekend with a caption that read, the best thing about hashtag don't worry darling is that I was lucky enough to meet Arielle Stachel. They cut us from most of the movie, but we thriving in real life. Love you, Ari. And she included hashtag got my check, hashtag got my man, hashtag everything happens for a reason. So Lane's caption came with a picture of her and Arielle Stachel, who played her husband in the film, and after hitting things off on set, is now her boyfriend in real life. Now, it's fair to point out in any film, lines, scenes, and sometimes entire plot lines hit the cutting room floor. But of course, with this film and this day and age, speculations are running wild on social media with unconfirmed claims ranging from money issues to racism as a reason why Lane and Stachel were cut out of so much of the film. Lane's co-star, Gemma Chan, was among the other actors of color in the film, and she commented on Lane's post with a heart emoji. In what feels like art imitating life, Lane plays Margaret, who's the subject of a very tense dinner scene within the film regarding which stories people should believe. We're told what we remember until we try to remember things that they want us to forget. Like Margaret. Alice. No. Jack. It's okay. I'm curious to hear where she's going with this. 
While the evidence continues to mount that many in the cast just didn't fully enjoy their experience making the film, the crew members are now disputing that the set was a hostile environment. 40 members of the crew and production team have spoken out in a joint statement, which reads in part, as a crew, we've avoided addressing the absurd gossip surrounding the movie we're so proud of, but feel the need to correct the anonymous sources quoted in a recent article. Any allegations about unprofessional behavior on the set of Don't Worry Darling are completely false. Olivia is an incredible leader and director who was present with and involved in every aspect of production. Geez, it seems like each week there's been something negative coming directly or indirectly from a cast member about the film, and now the crew is weighing in, saying everything was great. I don't know what to make of all of this, but as we head into awards season, I have a feeling the drama will only continue. Dancing with the Stars this year has a crop of new talented stars that we are all hooked on watching already. And it has only been one week. One of those stars is Jessie James Decker. She is a recording artist, a television host, a reality star, a fashion mogul with her brand Kittenish, and a mom of three. So of course, she needed to add, you know, dancing to her repertoire. <laughs> Just one more thing. So without further ado, here is Jessie James Decker herself and her dancing partner, Alan Bernston, who are literally in the middle of practice right now. So thank you guys for being here. All good. Excited. So first, I want to find out just the TikTok of this process for you, Jesse. Like, what was it like when you got the call to be on Dancing with the Stars? And then what was the reaction to knowing you were actually going to do it? And then when you met Alan. So take me through it. So I actually was asked to do this three days before they announced I've been toying with the idea of doing it for years, but it finally just made sense. So it was really crazy because we were thrown in so last minute. And so I still feel like it's a whirlwind and we're still trying to like catch up. It's just been really crazy, but you know, it's so much fun, but a world that I've never been in before. And then, and then what was the, the meeting like with Alan for you? We met in New York for the promo shoot. I recognized him because uh, my daughter, Vivian, is obsessed with Dancing the Stars. She loves Dancing the Stars Juniors. Alan won that season, and Vivian had loved Sky, who was his partner. So she was very familiar. Oh, that's so perfect. Well, Alan, what has it been like just working with Jesse this last few weeks? What is she like when it comes to practice? We realized that the best way we learn and retain choreography is if we sing what we're doing. It's like moments where we're like, step, step, down, something here, turn, turn, and it just works. When she's in the studio, she's focused. We're learning. Like Jesse mentioned, she's never danced before, so... There's a, a vulnerability to it, and, and we're taking it one step at a time. How's your body feeling, Jesse? This show is grueling on the body. I'll be honest, like, I feel like it could be worse. I think maybe you've been, like, annoyed the most, but, like, <laughs> I really feel like knock on wood, I, I feel like it's handled it physically fine. Being married to a professional football player, he taught me how important it was. Before Eric, I never even knew I should go see physical therapist or anyone and so Eric is like this is not a luxury this is a necessity well you look good out there this week is Elvis week and Jesse you have your own little Elvis at home your son Forrest is basically the youngest cutest Elvis impersonator ever <laughs> let's just take a listen really quickly to a little bit of him Just too cute. So what does this week mean for you personally, this Elvis week? 
obviously exciting because my son is the biggest Elvis fan in the world. He chose the song. He chose the song that we're dancing to. So I want to give him the best performance ever because he'll tell you. As soon as I'm done, he'll be like, <laughs> I like that so much. He'll be honest. He's been geared up. This past week, the kids got to dress up as a favorite character from a book. Of course, he had a biography book of Elvis and showed up in an Elvis costume. <laughs> <laughs> I am, I am rooting you guys on the Elvis hips, don't lie. But finally, Jesse, you have been on tour all summer, traveling the country, sharing your The Woman I've Become EP, sometimes with the entire family in tow. And as you mentioned, your husband, Eric Decker, plays a big role on your social media as well. But it just seems like there's so much going on. And now you added possibly the busiest show ever onto that plate. So how do you guys make time for each other in the midst of this constant whirlwind? I think we just have such a strong foundation of a marriage and we always have that a little thing being busy doesn't affect anything. I talked to him this morning all the way to the studio and he was telling me about the kids. We're happy, we're in love and we are used to being busy bodies and we're there for each other. Oh, I love that. That's the advice there. Just love each other, people. Well, Jesse and Alan, thank you so much for being here today. And, you know, everyone listening, make sure to vote for this dynamic duo on Dancing with the Stars and check out Jesse's EP, The Woman I've Become. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. Our last story is one for the record books. WWE icon John Cena, or Cena, as I call him, <laughs> has been carving out quite a career in Hollywood the past few years. You probably recognize him from his roles in films like Trainwreck and as the lead in HBO Max's action comedy series, Peacemaker. While the well-built star is used to cranking out some big numbers in the weight room, he is now the Guinness Book of World Records holder for putting up a truly inspiring number, the most wishes granted through the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Cena granted his first wish for the foundation back in 2002 two, just three years into his professional wrestling career. According to Make-A-Wish, Cena is their most requested celebrity, and he has now granted 650 wishes. Wow. It's a cause that is incredibly important to him, and he's previously told the organization, quote, if you ever need me for this, ever, I don't care what I'm doing, I will drop what I'm doing and be involved because I think that's the coolest thing. A few years back, when he reached the 500-wish mark, the Fast and the Furious franchise alum talked about his experience in a video with Make-A-Wish. I've always said that being a part of Make-A-Wish and being able to contribute to the Make-A-Wish Foundation is something extra special. I can't say enough about how cool it is to see the kids so happy and the family so happy. I really want to make them feel like it's not just another show. It's, it's truly their day. He is clearly just one of those celebrities who really gets it. And now, if you find yourself out at a trivia night with some friends and the question comes up of who has granted the most wishes for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, you'll be able to answer. And his name is John C. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks for starting off your week with us. And we'll do it all again tomorrow on People Every Day. 